Welcome to a special edition of the Trouble with the Snap podcast. It's special because it's Tuesday, and we need to do our wrap-up on Monday because my car is going to explode. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, be sure to like the Facebook page, comment the Facebook page, you know, do the little, uh, press the little hand clap button or whatever on Anchor. You know, do what you got to do, uh, pump us up a little bit, because uh, we give you a lot of good content. Some of that content coming today, and really, really quick before we dive into recaps of, I'll say, a couple of upsets on Saturday. Um, there is, obviously, it's the awards, uh, the offensive uh, player and stuff like that. All of that is going to be announced for the Big Ten tomorrow, today. Defensive Player of the Year, Aiden Hutchinson. Coach of the Year, Mel Tucker. Jeremy, your thoughts? Oh, I first on Aiden. Uh, he's just been sensational all year. Uh, his pressures, besides just getting the sacks, just him getting to the quarterback consistently throughout the year, has been amazing. Uh, single season sack leader, pretty impressive. When it's at a school like Michigan, who's had a lot of really good players on the D line. Names like Brandon Graham, Lamar Woodley, uh, his father, Chris Hutchinson, um, just many other players I obviously could name. Uh, But uh, as an edge rusher, look, he's been fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Top five pick, probably for sure. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was uh, giving his thoughts today on how he thought he was the best player in college football and should be the number one pick next year in the NFL draft. Um, and honestly, Tyler, it's, it's not a terrible take. I mean, he's, he is that good. Uh, as far as Mel Tucker, uh, when you're at, they came into this season and just people just did not think Michigan state would be very good. And the disastrous first year, because he just wasn't able to prepare, uh, gave a lot of reasons why they just felt like this would be another tough year for Mel Tucker. And, and he had a great year, uh, 10 and two, um, you know, you know, beat your rival, and you were ranked in the top four at one point. I mean, that, that's that's huge considering where they were the year before. So a lot of good, a lot of good on both ends um, and a whole lot to look forward to uh, for the next few years, right? I mean, when, when Jim Harbaugh actually does finally get over the hump like he did against Ohio State, there's a whole lot to talk about. I mean, it's you know, things are trending upward in the state of Michigan. Oh, definitely. And the only thing, the only thing I'm going to slightly disagree with is Aiden Hutchinson is number one pick. That's just because I think Kayvon Thibodeau is just a completely different animal. He's de- Hutchinson's definitely a top ten pick, though. Probably top five. So uh, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I, I, I've just been, you know, as a Detroit Lions fan, I've been looking forward to Kayvon Thibodeau for a year. So, um, and who knows, some of this uh, – some of this talk about that, about him and Kayvon, because they're both on the ends and stuff like that, that may be uh, just the fact that nobody watches the Pac-12. <laughs> but yeah. that being said, Hutchinson's a freak. Uh, he deserved Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I know I know what you're saying, but Tyler, would you say halfway through the season and you – Point out Pondership's numbers and Hutchinson's level. Well, that was halfway through the season. That wasn't at the end of the season. At the end of the season, Hutchinson stepped up. 
He improved dramatically in regards to getting to the quarterback. Um, with and without the ball in the QB's hands, um, if the quarterback's able to get rid of it. So, you know what? My take at that time was based upon the numbers that were in front of me. The numbers that were in front of me halfway through the season indicated Panachuk was better. They don't indicate that anymore. Hutchinson's well, better, and now, you, now you've played an entire schedule as well. And so you ended up with the Ohio States. You ended up playing Michigan or Michigan State, depending on which team you're on. You played Penn State. Those numbers, the fact that Hutchinson kept up his consistency – Kanashuk still had a great season, and I feel maybe undervalued a little bit still. But those numbers um, decreased a little bit. So. Oh, my goodness, Tyler. God help you. Um, well, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not comparing <laughs> the two anymore. All, I'm, I'm just justifying my reason for why people are going to say, oh, you're such a hypocrite. No, that's not the case. I looked at the numbers then. I looked at the numbers now. That's well, what I it was. The, I, think, I think I think people should just not look at numbers as much in some certain you know certain scenarios. I mean, if if we want to talk about numbers, then well, the Central Michigan running back's the best running back in the state. You know, he's got better numbers than Kenneth Walker. So if, if we're going to go only by numbers, then then we can bring up stats There's about every guy. Caveats, caveats. But you know, so let's get well, to it, it's 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 the same situation. You know, it's it's two players that play the same position technically, I suppose. I mean, Michigan's edge rushing is a little different than what Michigan State's doing with Ponishuk. But the yeah. bottom line is Aiden Hutchinson came in and everybody – he was everybody's All-American. I mean, everybody knew how good he was coming in. Yep. And he just had to uh, live up to the hype that he already had. And, and he not only lived up to it, he surpassed it. So, so I, I think that throughout the year yep. he was great. And mm-hmm. numbers-wise, I think he just – ramped it up at the end so so you're right as far as far as numbers there's nothing wrong with having a comparison there's just sometimes there's just certain guys that shouldn't be compared to others that's that's really what it comes down to and but at the same time look it's it's part of it there's there's pff for a reason pro football focus has got a lot of numbers and a lot of stats and i think it's up to the execs to choose what they think is the most important stat to look at and the bottom line is He's just such a disruptor. I mean, he's a disruptor at all times. He's incredibly quick. He was actually a little better uh, at times in dropping in coverage because in the game, actually, Saturday, Tyler, he was a fingertip away from rushing in and, and popping back out and getting a piece of that ball, and they lobbed it over his head, which was something oh. I thought they would probably do. And and honestly, that's not his job because he's an edge rusher. They're, they're telling him to go in and get there, and he had the ability – to the wherewithal to know what was going on he was like oh, oh no we got no one over there i can try to jump up and take the tip this ball and make a play uh but it, there's a lot of guys on both teams that, that had a really good year he's obviously the one guy that stands out kenneth walker is the one guy obviously that stands out um but it's it's pretty amazing because there's a lot of guys from uh both teams you can talk about michigan had a boatload of them uh, Michigan State with Jaden Reed, he was huge this year. He made a huge play against Penn State. I mean, that was such a big catch. Uh, Peyton Thorne was really good this year. Um, you, you know, I think Xavier Henderson had good moments, but when that secondary Cal- is not. Jacob Slade, yeah. 
Yeah, and Berenger was an amazing punter uh, a lot of the year. You know, he he the beginning of the year I thought he was by like the best punter in the nation. Um, you know, and and I think that a lot of things to look forward to. I can tell you that. And but I will say this: the the big dogs ate this year for both schools. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, Hassan Haskins, those were the two guys in, in Michigan State with Kenneth Walker. Uh, you know, those, they just had such good seasons. They really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Re- re- really quick. Offensive player of the year, Stroud or Walker? Um, I'd give it to Walker. I mean, I think Kenneth Walker, what he was able to do for that Michigan state football team this year is just incredible. I mean, I CJ Stroud life is a little easier when you have those receivers. Uh, I look at Kenneth there Walker, what he, was able, what he was able to do with an old line that, isn't great, but had good moments. Uh, I, I think it goes – that says a lot about Kenneth Walker. I think he was the best player offensively this year. And then you can say C.J. Stroud, again, the numbers thing. He had some insane numbers as well. But Kenneth Walker was the most valuable player <laughs> offensively in that conference. Without him, Michigan State is a different football team, the bottom line. Absolutely. I, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think it's K-9 as well. But, hey, look, we, we've got a, you know, our same 30-minute show. We haven't even talked about Michigan uh, just curb stomping Ohio State yet. Um, and, I mean, I know the game was close and it got within, you know, one possession kind of late and all that type of stuff. But the, it was one of those games, like you sat there, you looked at the score. At the end, you're like, wow, it was a blowout. You look at the score throughout the game, eh, maybe not. You actually watched the game. Yeah, that was a blowout. Michigan did not punt the football in the second half. Every single time they had the ball, they scored a touchdown in the second half. And the only time they didn't score a touchdown is when they took a knee. That's absolutely okay. incredible. I, I don't and, know if other than that last possession. I, um, third down in the second half. There was some numbers they talked about where I think they had like one or two third downs in the second half. I know they okay, had the one because they threw the ball. I don't remember I what remember numbers they... I saw. I do know it's from a slightly unreliable source. Um, yeah, but... I think it was two times. I remember they had the third and two completion to Cornelius Johnson. They also had the third down where they drew him off sides um, and, and they threw the football and Andrew Anthony should have caught it. Uh, and did not. So I think there was two third downs in the second half, which they they converted both by penalty. So I actually what it does is it actually takes away the third down conversions. So they didn't have to convert a third down at all in the second half. Um, it, it was incredible. Um, it, it was just one of those games where I told you pregame, I said, I'm not going to brag if Michigan wins. And I'm, and I'm not going to do it now. Am I happy? Absolutely. I'm still a little shocked. Even today on a Tuesday, Rewatching it multiple times, Tyler, I'm very surprised on how easy it was for them to run the ball. Um, one thing that has to be noted, because it's only fair to do this, and I think I said this to you on air, Ohio State needed to play bad. And they did do some things not very characteristic of them. You know, right. they, they snapped the ball on the ground one time. Uh, they, they fielded the kickoff, you know, terrible twice. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that was actually a great play by the kicker, though, because he kicked it with such good height that the guy didn't come under, you know, the way he should have. And he should have fielded it in, in the fair catch. But he let it bounce, and you have to get the ball. 
if you don't pick yeah. up the ball and they get it, it's their ball. So uh, that was shocking. Um, I'm pretty sure I'd have to check the rule. That's a question I want to know. On the kickoff, it hits the ground. Even if you call a fair catch, if the other team gets the ball, I believe it's their ball still. That's yeah. something that I have never seen before because of the new kickoff rule. That'd be a good question, and I need an answer to that. Because when he fielded it, Harbaugh did his maniac mode again, where he ran down and was making sure those refs knew, hey, the ball's right there. You know, it's down right there because it hit the ground, right? So I'm pretty sure if it hits the ground and Michigan recovers it, then boom, you know, yeah. that's their ball. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to mention that, that that was a mistake by Ohio State. Um, they had a couple, what, six false starts? Um, defensively, their linebackers were always backing up. I don't know why. Um, you know, maybe they were worried about Hassan getting to the next level. I don't know what they were thinking, to be honest, Tyler. It was a, a mixture of Michigan playing their best game and Ohio State doing some stupid stuff. And that's how you beat them. That's how you win. And, and let's not take the credit away from Michigan, but the bottom line is Ohio State did some things that weren't very good. But they made a great point on the uh, local radio here. I want to say this real quick. Who would have thought that they would have lost the turnover battle with the one turnover and Ohio State had none, and they didn't have the ball longer than Ohio State, and they'd still win like that. That was incredible. Not only did they dominate on the run, they scored quicker, (laughs) which was insane. Yeah, yeah, that game – look, me and Jeremy, look, we offered our predictions. Obviously, we were wrong, just like pretty much everybody else in America. Big time. The – what the difference is, is though, like – I mean, predictions are just guesses. We said if Michigan was going to win this game, that was how they were going to do it. They were going to sit there and they were going to have to bully Ohio State, and they would have to run that ball with Haskins. And we sat there and we watched them run that ball with Haskins up the middle again and again and again and again, and they couldn't stop it. Michigan did everything that they needed to do to win that game. And it was – Everything we said that they needed to do. Michigan is not a hard team to figure out. They're better when they play like this. They're better with Haskins. This is what Michigan is. This is what Michigan, what Harbaugh, it it seemed like he was trying to stray away from for like the past two, three years. But this is what they are. This is how he knows how to recruit. These are the guys he knows how to recruit. And this is the way they need to play football. Well, I think that what people are starting to not understand, though, about this team, and it's something we talked about earlier on in the year, is this team is a lot more dual than people realize. You know, as much as it was all about the running game, you know, Kay McNamara had a couple huge passes, and they did a lot of stuff with Henning out of the backfield or on his wide receiver reverses like they did. They scored the first time. They threw mm-hmm. out of the backfield a couple times. You know, they, they had Henning, you know, you know, running in motion. They threw it to him. He got a first down. Uh, I told you I thought Blake Corum was absolutely important. Well, he had a huge run and had a couple other runs. J.J. McCarthy had a huge pass and a run. Um, As much as it's that physical brand of football, which that's their identity, absolutely, it's when they're adding the other stuff that they did that makes them very, 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 very good. Uh, You know, you've seen the, the flea flicker again. I mean, when you're doing stuff like that, and I've been, I've been very, very hard on Josh Gaddis. You know that, Tyler. And, and I think he's in the big games this year. Josh Gaddis has stepped up to the plate, man. Wisconsin, he stepped up to the plate and got a little more multiple. 
Against Penn State, he had a couple of nice passing plays called. Against Maryland, he started adding the Donovan Edwards, you know, talent a little more. Um, and in the Ohio Against State Michigan game, State, he abandoned the run. You know, Michigan State was the one game where, again, I go, why did you go away from what was working against State, though? You know, you had 400 yards passing. They knew they – Michigan State basically said, we're going to stop you from running. You're not going to beat us on the ground. Where I felt like this game against Ohio State, as much as they killed them with the run, it was blocking schemes one tire that they've been great at all year. They pulled their tight ends and opposite guard really well this year. They got onto the edges and they attacked Ohio State like Oregon did, but they also hit them right up the gut, and they were just so physical. But what really made the difference was when you score your first touchdown, on Donovan Edwards going in motion and you fake the throw and hand it off to Henning and there was no one on the other side, you are thinking as a D.C. and a defensive unit going, what the hell? Like, we haven't seen him do that yet. And that's why I want to give Josh Geddes credit because he was a little more tricky in, the, in those big wins this year. He was a little more multiple. And then, a yes, they stuck to their guns, which is power running football. So uh, I am very, very excited about that moving forward. This is a huge game this weekend. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, it's a weird year. Anything can happen. I don't want to get too excited because I still think, look, one game at a time. But uh, there's no world beaters, you know, that, that, that are playing right now. You, you don't have Alabama last year that, that's playing again this year. This is a different Alabama team. And uh, as great as Georgia has been, they're not as good as Alabama was last year. Not even close. Man, so, look, Cincinnati's not – I don't think they're as good as the record indicates. Um, you've yeah. got – uh, I I think that I think there's some things in the playoffs that are very doable for Michigan, and if it's a situation somehow Notre Dame gets in there as well, something like that. I don't think Notre Dame's that good. Um, so there there's some opportunity for Michigan still ahead, and yeah. we'll uh, talk about that a little more in depth as I'm passing an Iowa Hawkeyes license plate frame. Um. Hey. <laughs> But yeah, that we'll we'll talk about that a little more in depth later this week and the possibilities for Michigan, full possibilities for Michigan State because that does hinge on what Michigan's able to do a little bit, I think. And so uh, we'll 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 try to break down all of that on Thursday. Um, anything you want to add? This is a big game, and so I don't want to leave anything out. Oh no, I mean I think we. It's been talked about so much. I mean, you, you got to move on. That's the main thing. You got to move on as hard as that is to do. You win a yeah, big game. We like did our show yesterday. We owed it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I think. Look, it, it was incredible. It was it was a huge win for Michigan. There was so many things that make that win special. Harbaugh needed that really bad. Uh, Michigan fans needed a lot. Those players, the most important people, are the players. The players needed it. They earned it. You know, they came into that game very confident. I thought they sounded incredibly confident before the game even, which kind of worried me. But I don't think it was arrogant the way they brought it up. They just felt like they could beat them. And, and they came out there, and then after the game, they were – you know, they had a little bit of that Sparty attitude. You know, they were they were pissed off. They felt slighted a little bit when the way Ohio State just thought they were going to roll them again. And they just kind of, you know, said, not today. You know, today's our day. And uh, they had a plan, and it worked. They executed their plan. They added a couple new wrinkles, and uh, they just punished them, man. And it's shocking to me still, Tyler. I mean, this rivalry is going to be really amped up for next year now. I mean, uh, when you beat 
Ohio State like that, oh, they're coming back. You know, they'll be back. Yeah, they will not shoot. forget that. They will not forget that loss. I mean, that was not only a a beat down on the field, but Michigan wanted to beat them off the field too, which uh, was, whew, you know, it, you know, you talk about taking them to the woodshed, like you guys like to talk about East Lansing. I mean, that was taking the team to the woodshed on the field, in the tunnel. And if you want to rip one of our guys' helmets off, we're going to come after you also. So, I mean, it was just insane. There was an attitude about this team that was a little different this year. And uh, you just hope for future players that they take on that same uh, physical presence that this team did against Ohio State. Yeah, and uh, let's let's take it to the woodshed. Uh, snowy day uh, on uh, 69. I was sliding all over the road. I had to turn around 40 minutes away from campus on a two-and-a-half-hour drive and just said, nope, I can't do this. Um, but – an incredible game in East Lansing as well. Mel Tucker, 3-0 and in trophy games in year two, uh, undefeated at the woodshed. Michigan State beats Penn State. And on a snowy field with a running back who likes to cut back, K-9 still had, had uh, over 135 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he was brilliant again. And, and look, this was a, a game that Michigan State really needed. Um, I think that they uh, they wanted it a little more, and I think they made all the right plays at the right time. Jaden Reed's catch was was it, man. As Fourth as, and 15. I mean, you know, that's just <laughs> that's just backyard football in the snow saying, hey, my guy's going to catch it. He's better than your guy. And, and that was a huge play. And, you know, and I said this uh, – to some other people, I said the thing that Michigan has struggled with, and you guys have felt like have been really good at this over the years, is big time players stepping up and making those plays for you guys. Uh, Kenneth Walker, obviously, in the Michigan game, did that this year. Jaden Reed, that's a big time catch, and he's mm-hmm. had some big time catches and big moments this year. Um, and, and that's a big time throw, and and that's trust. Uh, those are the things that build culture. It's not what you say; it's what you do. And, and when you have a running back who, who puts the team on his back the way Walker did this year, and, and in any condition he can run for the amount of yards he did, that, that's inspiring. Um, Michigan State is, is heading in the right direction. Um, I have a lot I could say about it. I don't think it's fair to talk about the future because right now is all that matters. You're 10 and 2. Yeah. We might talk you know, about it after the bowl game, but. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the thing that people need to realize, and, and, I, and I, I posted about this, and I know, Tyler, you had a lot to say about it, and I know some friends that are involved in Michigan State have privately messaged me about it, about the expectations. I think what people need to realize on both sides, I haven't said this ever before on this show. Dun, dun, dun. The expectations for both schools in-house are always to win the championship. Right. When you're a player and you play for Michigan State, Michigan, you expect in championship. It doesn't matter what us, you know, media people say. It's about what happens in house. Michigan State in house strongly feels terrible that they're not going to Indianapolis this weekend. They feel like they dropped the ball against Purdue. And yep. Peyton Thorne actually made a statement about this. He said, you know, we felt like we were going to be the championship team, but. You know, he said in other words, I believe, but it was basically saying we felt like we were going to win the championship this year. The expectation for Mel Tucker is going to rise. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. You want that because you get better players because of that and, and the excitement's there. But 10-2, and two, when no one else thought it was going to happen, is a big deal. It is a big deal because it, it, it's <laughs> from being picked last to being right there at the end is mm-hmm. so much different than, you know, when you're a team that expect to win the Big Ten or you're expected to Nobody expected yeah. this team to be close, Tyler. So it's, it's it's incredible. It really is. Yeah, and I mean that that was one of the things like the the expectation is there for Michigan State to compete, but at the beginning of the year it wasn't, and the fact that they were able to, well, is I think part. Of, I mean, it's just part of the reason Tucker got the deal that he did. The other part is, um, if you're the if you're one of the first teams to do it, I mean, you look at Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford's deal, their respective deals that were so huge, and everybody freaked out about them because yep. they're not first tier quarterbacks. Um, and I can stand by that with Matthew Stafford as a Ram too. Um, and I don't care about his QBR, big games, he chokes, and yeah. so when you sit there and you see those types of deals and everyone's like, but they're paying them way too much. Well, now you look at them and that's actually a kind of a bargain. And when you see some of the offers that are getting thrown out there for other coaches, that makes the deal worth it for Michigan state. Well, I think you got to understand this. It was 100% donor funded. (laughs) When I, right. I I think that's what people like. I've said a lot about this. You know that. Right. I, I, I think what bothers me is, look, I mean, I, I'm a straight shooter. I think Jim Harbaugh inherited a program that was no different than what Mel Tucker inherited. But it actually might have been better for Mel Tucker, shockingly, because he came after a coach who had his stuff together. He just had a came after a coach who, you know, just kind of wasn't great the last two years. By the way, people forget that I think Mark D'Antonio, didn't he win his last game? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah, Didn't he Martin. did it against Wake Forest, so it was like two straight wins against him. So, so here's the thing. <laughs> I, I tell this to people all the time. People always think because the word Michigan, there's expectations. Jim Harbaugh came into a program that stunk. Brady Hoke didn't have a last game in the bowl game. Want to know why? He didn't make a bowl game. And, and the year before, they were really not that great either. So the bottom line is you're coming after two programs that are that are very close with similarities you had to recover and you had to change the culture i guess and and mel tucker winning 10 games in his second year at michigan state is no different than michigan winning 10 games jim harbaugh's second year because both coaches come into kind of a mess but i think mel tucker's expectations are going to rise and i'm really looking forward to this tyler because i want to know what spartan fans expectations are going to be throughout this thing because everyone ripped Jim Harbaugh into pieces. I have too, and I'm still not a fan of the guy. But I will say this. Are people willing to wait seven years to do what Jim Harbaugh did this past weekend? I think that's the big question. Are you willing to wait and have 10 win seasons every year or multiple years? Or is it like, no, we're going to have to do this thing quicker than that? So I guess that's my question for you, Tyler, because we've talked about this a lot. Well, what we'll, we'll... – Look, that's that's something I feel like uh, we can address after this season just because we don't have a lot of time left. And I do kind of want to touch on, uh, you know, uh, what kind of – yeah, I'm trying to think of how to word it right now. 
like kind of want to touch on the game a little little bit more just because yeah. I, I felt like that was such a huge game and I thought you know Peyton Thorne had another great day and everyone's going to say what they want oh well he's he's been really lax with the ball lately blah 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 and look I, I think that's the stupidest thing because Jeremy what am I a big fan of I'm a big fan of context right and so don't sit there and tell me, oh, he's been really lax with the ball when you look at the numbers. The pick six against Penn State was trash. It right. disgusted me. It, it wasn't a good play. A terrible throw. But you look at some of the other plays. Like they, People were saying that uh, after the Maryland game. Oh, well, you know, he had another interception again. Yeah, it was a Hail Mary before halftime. And, oh, he had an uh, interception against Rutgers. Yeah, that was tipped. Yeah, oh, and another one that the guy's hands readjusted underneath the ball after it hit the ground. Like, those types of things need to be taken into consideration when you look at his interceptions. And I, I don't think people are doing it. And I think he's getting a lot of blame for being a little lax with the ball. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think he's very good with the ball in his hands. I think he's very cautious with it. I think he avoids turnovers. I mean, like I said, there are obviously some instances where it's going to happen when the ball's in your hands every play. But yeah. I want to talk about Peyton Thorne and his play this season because here's the deal. I've been sitting and I've been begging and clamoring for Peyton Thorne for two years. And all I can say right now is he's better than I expected him to be. No, I think Peyton Thorne had a great year, and I think that you call for it, and I think we both agreed on it. It was just the move they needed to be made. I didn't think they would go that route, and I'm glad they did. Um, he, he's a very good quarterback, and you know you have a quarterback, and, and you know you have someone that you can depend on moving forward. Um, I, I think the reason why we don't talk enough about this last game is, well, there's a lot of reasons why I don't think I do either. Is It's just College football sucks. The whole system sucks. I mean, that game, winning 10 games, should matter more than it does. Well, it doesn't because, you know, you didn't win anything technically, right? But that was a huge game moving forward, and that's why I always talk about moving forward is because college football system is flawed. Michigan State should be playing for something bigger because that's a hell of a good year. Wild card berth. Yeah, I mean, when you're 10-2, and that should matter more than it does. Well, it doesn't because it's like, well, you're third in the division. I had to hear that for six years, right? So it's like, you know, (laughs) it it drives me crazy, but that's why I always talk about this future stuff, and I I hate it, but let's talk about a present. Peyton Thorne was great this year. He was solid. He made great throws. He has really good numbers. He uh, He's a, a dual guy at times. He can run a little bit. He, he made, he makes perfect throws in, in tight windows at times. And he can also, he has a great long ball. He really does at times. I mean, he has good touch on the ball and he had, you know, he really made those receivers look good. I mean, we always talk about Reed and Naylor earlier in the year. I think Peyton Thorne deserves a heck of a lot more credit than he got. He made some really good throws. Um, we know where the problem is. It's, it's obvious. They need mm-hmm. to get better as far as scheme on defense in the secondary. And they need to get guys that are going to play better in secondary. I think it's scheme more than anything else. I don't think it's the talent. I think their scheme is too lax. I think it's too uh, soft. Uh, I think they're going to have to mix up some things next year. But as far as this year, they were able to be tough in the red zone on defense and get stops when they needed to. They were a very opportunistic football team this year, which is Mm -hmm. something Michigan State has been known to be. Um, Moving forward, they're going to have to be a little more dynamic. 
in the backfield and secondary, but that is, um, I think they're going to get a lot of kids. They're going to want to play running back there. They got Jalen Berger already. Uh, that's a huge credit to Kenneth Walker. Um, so I, I'm excited to see where this thing goes. Um, I obviously have some thoughts on where I think it could go. And we've talked about this before, but right now it's, they're 10 and two. They're going to play in a really, really, really good bowl game. And that matters. So uh, I just wish the college football thing would change, Tyler, because I think that this team deserves the opportunity to fight for something bigger. Uh, I think Michigan has as well over those years. And that's why it pisses me off because it's not easy to go 10 and two. It just isn't. Yeah. And I mean, you, you saw it that one of those two, I mean, it was to a team that they were on the, a day that you were off. And so it could, I mean, it very easily could have been 11 and one, but there were also a couple of games like Michigan well, there's your loss again, you know? Yeah. And so it's really difficult in football. And I think that's why we love basketball is it allows these really good teams to make mistakes because – Well, look at Ohio State, Tyler. I mean, Oregon, are they lesser than Oregon? I don't think so. I think Oregon got no. them on a day where they took advantage of the same things Michigan did. And yep. it worked. So here we are. It's just, it's just getting ridiculous. They got to change it. I'm so tired of it because it's just not fair. It, it really isn't. Yeah, like these these are kids. And you get less of an opportunity to make a mistake than NFL players. So well, that's where I'm at. But, hey, we do need to run. Uh, like I said, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, some postseason play later this week. We'll preview the Iowa game. We'll talk about that. And uh, we'll talk about – potential bowl opportunities for both schools, win or lose from U of N. And uh, Michigan State's obviously going to be affected by that. But uh, that does it for us here on Trouble with the Snap podcast. For Jeremy File, I'm Tyler Hayward.